It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Christian theology centers in the person and work of Jesus Christ. The primary proposition for the Christian, his ultimate act of faith, is the person of Jesus Christ. It is here that the Christian finds a secure place to stand. He is our firm foundation, our solid ground. Jesus of Nazareth is the center, the hub around which all things Christian revolve. When early Christians said, Jesus Christ is Lord, they were giving witness to one of the deepest mysteries of the Christian faith. He is, they were saying, a real historical figure, a human being who is also Lord. In other words, he is both fully human and fully God. Although the word does not explicitly occur in Scripture, the church used the term incarnation to refer to the fact that Jesus was God in human flesh. This confession of the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ was central to what the church preached and to what it gave witness to. Even though at first it was difficult to say exactly what was implied and what was not implied, Christian theologians took more than two centuries to work out the rough parameters of such a confession. What was certain is this. They did not want to compromise either the deity or the humanity of Jesus. The testimony of Scripture did not permit them to consider Christ anything less than true God or anything less than true man. He is the God-man, God incarnate. The doctrine of Christ, full humanity and full deity lie at the heart of the Christian faith. They are two of the fundamental Christian doctrines, a supreme distinction from all other religions. Why is Jesus' full humanity necessary? We know Jesus got tired, he slept, got hungry and thirsty, and sweated like we all do. So the data certainly implies he was human. In the early years of the Christian church, some people were willing to accept the deity of Christ, but denied his humanity. Docetism, the heretical teaching that Jesus was not really a man, but only seemed to be a man, 
The word comes from the Greek word dokio, which means to seem, to appear to be. Supposedly, Christ only had a phantom body. When he walked, he didn't even leave tracks. In the book Bible Doctrine, Wayne Grudem writes, So serious was this denial of the truth about Christ that John could say it was a doctrine of the Antichrist. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. This is found in 1 John chapter 4, verses 2-3. through The Apostle John understood that to deny Jesus' true humanity was to deny something at the very heart of Christianity, so that no one who denied that Jesus had come in the flesh was sent from God. I give two reasons, among many, why the humanity of Jesus is necessary. First, for representative obedience. In the Garden of Eden, Adam served as our representative. And through his disobedience, God held us guilty as well. In a similar way, Jesus was our representative and obeyed for us where Adam failed. We see this reflected in Paul's discussion of the parallels between Adam and Christ in Romans 5, verses 12 through 21, giving God's plan, the reign of grace through Christ. First, let's notice the two men, Adam and Christ, found in verses 14 and 15. Then the two acts, Adam and the one transgression, verses 12, 15, 17, 18, and 19. And Christ, one righteous act on the cross, in verse 18. The two results by Adam Condemnation, guilt, and death, verses 15, 16, 18, and 19. By Christ, justification, life, and kingship, verses 17, 18, and 19. The two differences in degree, verse 15, God's grace by Christ abounds beyond the sin of Adam. And in kind, verse 16, one sin by Adam, condemnation and reign of death, many sins on Christ, justification and reign in life for those accepting God's grace by Christ. Also, the two kings, sin and grace. Sin reigning through death, verses 14, 17, and 21, and grace reigning through life and righteousness, verses 17 and 21. The two abundances of grace and of the gift of righteousness, verse 17. Two contrasted states, condemned men, slaves of death by Adam, justified men reigning in life by Christ. Second reason why 
the humanity of Jesus is necessary. It is to be a substitute sacrifice. Without being fully human, Jesus could not have died in our place and paid the price for human sin. The book of Hebrews tells us, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 17. Kenneth Wiest, a New Testament Greek scholar, says the word for propitiation in classical Greek was to appease, to soothe, to make propitious to one, to reconcile one's self to another. In Homer, it was used to make the gods propitious, to cause them to be reconciled, to worship them. The act of appeasing a god indicates that goodwill was not conceived to be the original and natural condition of the gods, but something that must first be earned. Weiss says, but in the Bible, the situation is different. God is not of himself already alienated from man, God is, as to his nature, love, and he loves the sinner. John 3.16 and 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. God's feelings with respect to the human race need not to be changed. Thus, in order that it would not be necessary for God to demand that the penalty be meted out upon guilty mankind, so that he might satisfy the demands of his broken law, and in order that he might lavish his mercy upon man on the basis of justice satisfied, he himself became the propitiation demanded by his holiness and justice. There is no thought here of him placating himself or of rendering himself conciliatory to himself or appeasing his own anger, that thought would be ridiculous. It is a purely legal operation. The judge takes upon himself the penalty of the one he has adjudged guilty, and thus he can show mercy. The judgment seat becomes a mercy seat. Propitiation, then, is a satisfying sacrifice pointing to the atoning death of Jesus on the cross, through which Jesus paid the righteous demands of God's justice so that mercy might be shown on the basis of justice duly satisfied. The sacrifice sets sinners free from the domain of sin and spiritual death.
Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2 says that Jesus is a sacrifice to God, a substitute for sinners, and an example for believers. In the phrase, for us, the Greek is huper imon. Imon is in the genitive case, and huper is a preposition whose object in the genitive means for one's benefit, in behalf of, in the place of, instead of, or on account of. That is where I get the idea of substitution for sinners. Jesus had to become a man, not an angel, because God wanted to save men and not angels. But to do this, he had to be made like us in every way so that he might become the propitiation for us, the sacrifice that is an acceptable substitute for us. Unless Christ was fully man, he could not have been a substitute sacrifice for us. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.